Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is Entail Enhanced. To see pictures, articles, and links of what's being discussed, download the Entail app. Welcome to You Come First with me, Megan Barton Hansen. You may know me from the 2018 series of Love Island. Since before Love Island, I've always had a passion for women's rights and interests. So I'm here to tell you everything you need to know when it comes to putting yourself first. Whether this be in a relationship, in the bedroom, your career or your mental health. I've called in friends from around the world for an intimate, unfiltered conversation that will change your life forever. Expect lots of laughter, a few tears and for the penny to finally drop as we discuss the most taboo and private topics. I'm here to get brutally honest. When will you realise that you come first? The best way to listen to this podcast is on the Entel app because while you're listening, behind the scenes, photos, links and exclusive content will appear. It's spelled E-N-T-A-L-E. So go download it now and check it out. Today I'm joined by someone I've loved for such a long time, singer, songwriter, model, author, mother and now making waves in the sex toy industry, the wonderful Lily Allen. So thank you so much for coming on Lily, I can't believe you're here on my little podcast. It's an absolute pleasure, thank you for having me. No worries, as such a big fan of yours for such a long time, it's amazing to see you start advocating self-love in the form of pleasure normalising taboo subjects such as female pleasure is so important. So what made you want to create the toy? Well, um, I wrote a book a couple of years ago um, called My Thoughts Exactly. And I wrote, well, I write about sort of discovering masturbation in my late 20s. So I didn't really do that early on in my life and definitely not in my teenage years. I mean, I sort of tried it, but didn't was very non-committal yeah. and um and so yeah I write about this experience in my book there's sort of a, a chapter kind of dedicated to it or at least it features in in a chapter and um uh yeah the the brand Womanizer was actually like a big part of sort of breaking down some barriers for me and um and I, I name checked the brand in my book and then you know they got in contact with me after publication and we kind of been speaking for a a year or so, I want to say, maybe just over a year. I think they're they're based in Germany, and I was playing a concert in Berlin, and so they came and met me. We had tea, and it was just really organic and 
Yeah. Oh, amazing. So is it something you wanted to do for a while after like writing about or discovering it in your 20s? Did you think with your platform, like you would love to be an ambassador for a sex toy or? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think, you know, as you, you know, know that in this age, when you have a platform, you're approached by brands all the time to, to do stuff. And, um, you know, and I've had a platform for a long time. You know, I had my MySpace platform when it was 2005 and then I had a really big following on Twitter and then I had a sort of okay following on Instagram. And yeah, I've always kind of been approached by brands, but I kind of have always felt that like uh, truth and honesty is like really central to my my thing. Yeah. Um, and so I haven't really just wanted to like say yes to things that I don't really believe in. And because this... Um, came from a really sort of like honest place and just a, it just felt like a no-brainer really it wasn't um it wasn't like a dream of mine but it was like it just seemed like yeah why not amazing so what made you think of the name liberty like was it something that you had in mind for a long time or I actually didn't think of the name oh did you not <laughs> Well, it's a great name. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm pretty thick. I come from South End, and I'm not, like, massively educated. And I was like, Liberty, like, let me look into why she picked this name. And then I Googled what it meant, and I was like, it's a really decent name. <laughs> yeah, it's de- it definitely fits. Um, I wish I could take credit for it, but it's not my own. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the name selection. So I get asked all the time, I think because I do speak so openly about... I don't know, women empowerment and just liking sex just as much as men. I get asked all the time if I have any tips for like solo pleasure. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips for our listeners? Um, I mean, I I don't really have like tips for everybody. I mean, I th- I've found pleasuring myself like really, really difficult um, in quite a lot of areas of my life, apart from um, drugs and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Which I found it quite easy. Um, but yeah, I've I found it difficult to like give myself the sort of space and time to connect with myself. And I think ultimately I just really didn't feel very comfortable with myself. So the idea of like trying to be intimate with myself and my body was just so foreign to me because I just I felt very separate from it. Yeah, just really, really difficult to connect. So I get I guess like a piece of I can give advice to women or girls that might feel similar to how I did and and just say that committing to it and and um and keeping on going with it is the advice that I would would give because so many times I just thought oh, you know I'm never going to be able to bring myself to climax or like I don't deserve this or you know I'm just one of those people that can't come and um and I told myself that for a long time and I really feel like if I'd committed to it and I could have saved myself a lot of time and energy. Yeah, that's so interesting to hear because I feel like I'm the complete opposite. Like, I'm the most selfish person. So I think even from a young age, I was like, if I was going to do anything for me, I was going to make sure that I got there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I made sure that it was for me. And even from my first or second boyfriend, I think, when I had sex, I was like... This isn't really doing it for me. I remember being confused because the first time I had sex, I was like, Mm. why is everyone like screaming and like loving it? I was like, this really is not doing anything for me. Mm. So from then I just like, from then I just took matters into my own hands and was like, oh, okay, this is how it feels good because I'm getting involved. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's really amazing. And that's a really like powerful message. I mean, personally, 
you know, sex with or partnered sex for me, especially when I was much younger, was like pretty much performative. It was never about like giving myself pleasure. It was always like about, you know, do I look good enough or do I, am I doing the right thing or um, for his pleasure? And, yeah. and I don't know if that's like a cultural thing or, you know, I didn't, we didn't really talk about sex in my family it wasn't like it wasn't something that was like forbidden to talk about we weren't like particularly religious or anything but it was just like I don't know everyone in my family is just a bit weird uh but yeah we definitely weren't open about these things and so I I guess I just sort of like followed what was happening on tv and in movies and stuff which was like you know you lie there and make funny noises and they have an orgasm and well done. <laughs> yeah, literally. Because it's just society, isn't it? Like, no one actually speaks about women's pleasure mm-hmm. ever. And that's yeah. why I love that you've done this. Because from growing up, no one ever, like, you'll have sex education. And they'll say, right, don't get pregnant. This is what happens on your period. Mm-hmm. These are, like, STIs that you could get. No one ever mentions the women's pleasure. So my only reference was porn. And then, like you say, you just mm. lay there or in some kind of position making funny noises. There mm-hmm. is no actual like reference of women like how to enjoy yourself or how to make that experience better for you. Yeah. So I think it's so important for women to get to know their own bodies first before they start having sex. I mean, I wish I did. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And actually even just like having have been having these conversations lately, it's, it's funny how many comments I get from mainly men actually some women as well being like you know oh, your husband must not be able to do give it's just like it's got nothing to do with him it's yeah. completely separate from that it's not uh, the idea of like giving myself pleasure has got nothing to do with not being able to get it from somewhere else and I think we we do live in a culture that's very uh, encourages sort of like codependence where female pleasure is concerned and that you know you're you're supposed to rely on somebody else to sustain you and the idea that you can do it on your own makes people really uncomfortable and not just in sex money as well like the idea that a woman can make her own money and be independent and stand on her own two feet is threatening to a lot of men because that's what they want their role to be they want us to rely on them for everything it's so true and i found that with like only fans i've recently got that back since i came off of this tv show and people are like oh my god like i had so much hate for it mm. but really when you break it down all it is is like men and society have made women this like sexual object for so long whether it's like selling a fragrance or like in a James Bond film there's a sexy woman as soon as that woman takes ownership back of her body mm. and makes money from it everyone hates it that's a problem They're like- yeah and I think the Kardashians are a really good example of that because people have got really up in arms about oh they're such a bad example for young girls it's like well you weren't saying that about Hugh Hefner when he was like parading women around on the front cover of That's his magazine so for many, many years and making loads of money off it. And it wasn't even his body that he was doing it with. It was other women's. So, yeah, I think it's it's really interesting conversation. That's such a good reference. I'm going to use that <laughs> going forward. I love that. That is so true. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I discuss female pleasure or promote sex toys, I face such a huge backlash in my DMs, like from women, from men, from all different people. Have you found that since you brought out your sex toy Hmm. not a massive amount I've got to say I mean I think people I don't really like tend to respond to those kind of things I think people say bad things because they want to get a response on the whole yeah 
Um, I mean, I get a lot of hate online, but mainly from like right wing people about things like Brexit or Donald Trump or, you know, Boris Johnson about politics where people feel like they have to put me back in my box. And people don't necessarily associate me with talking about female sexual liberation, whereas they do with you. So I feel like if, you know, that's just your thing. So people are going to hate on you for that. And my thing is sort of like speaking my mind in other areas. And so people hate on me for my main thing, if you know. What I mean. Yeah, true. I, um, guess, I guess so. Because I didn't know whether it's because I come from Love Island, which is like class as a family show, even though what blew my mind is like, parents and people are fine to let their kid watch me go in a hideaway with someone that I've known a couple of weeks or days. Mm. But they're not okay for me to say, as a woman, before you start having sex with other people, explore yourself and know what you mm. you like. So yeah. it's weird to... I guess it's just societal norms, isn't it? And like generational stuff as well. Like people are just not willing to have those conversations. And a lot of, I put out a thing on my Instagram the other day saying, you know, will you discuss masturbation with your children, your daughters? Yeah. And I, I did get a lot of responses from, uh, you know, mothers, but probably like, people like my mum's age and stuff saying you know well when they get to the right age and you know what what is it's it's pure you can see where it comes from it's because that generation are not in a place where they feel comfortable with having these conversations and I think that you know you know you're a lot younger than I am but it feels like there is a lot of conversations about lots of different subjects that have been completely ignored and not covered over the past sort of 40 50 years and it and it makes the generation that ignored all of those things very uncomfortable. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Even though I think deep down they probably think if they could go back and know about that before they had sex with someone else, I would I mean, I wish I did mm. know how to explore my body and know what worked for me before I had sex with anyone else. That's like I don't look back and regret, but mm. I just wish I knew how my body worked before I started having sex with other people. Because mm-hmm. like you touched on earlier, I do think for a long time I I kind of performed for a lot of people and I was like, was that was that even for me? Like what was I getting out of that? Mm. Like it was mad. I get a lot of people message me and say they get embarrassed or shy when it comes to purchasing sex toys. When did you buy your first sex toy and did you find it awkward? Uh yeah, I think I probably did. I've I've think the first actually no, the first time I don't think I did. I was in a um, in a sex shop in a Reaper Barn in Hamburg, and I was with a bunch of like dancers from my tour, and so they were, you know, sort of showing me the ropes. They they were kind of like a lot more into this stuff than I was at the time. But I remember being on my own once in New York in a in a shop buying a toy, like looking around, and someone was like, you know, can I help you? And I was like, just leave me alone. <laughs> just get back. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to talk to you about this. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think it was quite weird. And then I had an even, like, madder experience where um, where I definitely progressed past the point of being embarrassed and was, like, I actually was lying in bed in, New, in, in Los Angeles and my toys had, like, run out of batteries and I didn't have a charger. So I was like, oh, I'll just use Postmates, which is, like, an app to get someone to go and pick me one up from the Hustler store on Sunset Boulevard. And then this guy, like a courier for this app, like went to the Hustler store to go and pick up this thing and then like called me from the store. He was like, they don't have the one that you want. 
And I was like, oh, okay, well, can you, um, I just want a clitoral massage. So can you get me a clitoral <laughs> massage like, on the phone to this guy? <laughs> oh my God. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I love this. I was like, just ask, that little, like, find a woman that works there. <laughs> Tell her I want a clitoral massager. And um, yeah, but he, by the time like he got back in the car with the staff, he was like, I think you're really going to like it. We were like having this <laughs> full on dialogue about the toys that he just bought for me. And then by the time he got to the door, I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I could see this person face to face. So I was just like, oh, I'm in the bath. Just leave it on the porch. <laughs> so yeah, I did definitely pussy out. But um, yeah, it was Oh funny. my God, I love that story. <laughs> I thought I missed LA, but like, I didn't even know Postmates Mm. delivered more than food. Oh yeah, you can ask them to do, get anything. As long as, basically I went on the Hustler website to look for what they had in stock and then was specific. You just, you just have to basically write, if they don't, if they don't have the menu on it, you can still ask them to go and pick stuff up. You just have to write down exactly what it is that you oh want. my god now i miss la even more <laughs> i'm going back single i was like oh i need to find someone to travel with absolutely not i'm just gonna go to la and do a lily yeah, be like stay in a hotel <laughs> get postmates to deliver your sex toys you'll be fine and then when he comes through with the goods be like just leave at the door please i'm in the bath <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, do you have any advice for someone buying their first toy? Because I remember my friend, he's gay and he took me into Soho and like the array of mm. like dildos in there petrified me. Like mm. the size, the sh- like I was overwhelmed. I was like, what do I even do? And then I think before that I was with a ex-boyfriend in Amsterdam and again, the shop was just terrifying. Mm. So I know it can be overwhelming for women to like go into a sex shop and be like, right, what do I want? So yeah. what would you? I mean, I'm very fortunate in that, you know, when I've discovered sex toys or decided that I wanted to discover sex toys, I had quite a lot of money. So I think I probably just bought loads. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> one of everything, like a pick yeah. a mix. <laughs> but you know, they are expensive. So I wouldn't, obviously I'm not gonna tell people like spend their entire year savings <laughs> on um, on sex toys. So I don't know, you just gotta sit there and, and, ha- and, and have a look and go and play with them. Most of the places have got like display ones that you can kind of, obviously haven't been used, but um, you know, you can kind of get a feel for what they might feel like on, and um, what the different, motions are and different settings and stuff so I think just like go and have a little play in the shops yeah I think what worried me is like you see all these things and they do different settings you're like but some of them you just can't even work out where they go like yeah. I remember now obviously working <laughs> working <laughs> with different brands they were like send me them and be like oh this does this but some of them are like literally like Enormous. what's this like a foot is that a foot and it's like a massager. But I'm like, where is that supposed to go? <laughs> and then my mum's like, no, Meg, that doesn't go anywhere. That just massages. So I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it can be used as a body massager too. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> Sweating just looking at the beast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so a YouGov study found out that there was significantly more confusion about a woman's anatomy than a man's. And I think this is like a massive issue. Both women and men don't really know about like a woman's anatomy. Do you think it would be a good idea for people to start teaching it in like schools? Because like I said earlier with like sex education, you get taught about like periods and like how not to get pregnant, but you never get taught about pleasure. Mm -hmm. Do you think it would be important to be taught that at school about pleasure? Yeah, I do, for sure. I mean, I I think it's really important conversation to have and um you know i suppose that we kind of we do have sex education i when when i was sort of taught about this stuff it was definitely more about you know biology than it was about pleasure um and i think you know there was a probably like a incident with a banana and a condom and they yeah i don't know i feel like sex education has always been a telling girls that like you're a vessel basically to make babies and that's the role Um, but interestingly enough like I think it was only relatively recently like in the last 20-30 years that a study of the female like vagina in terms of pleasure was even conducted like people didn't even yeah look it up because I was reading somewhere quite recently that um, only like relatively recently did like a scan of the female vagina to find out exactly how big the clitoris was and where it extended to and actually people think of the clitoris just being like a little bean at the top of your vagina but actually it comes all the way down into the lips and um you know that's why when you have a clitoral orgasm it just like throbs all the way around yeah but no one had ever bothered to do any actual research into it because well why would they sexual you know female sexual enjoyment is not really the top of the list of any yeah exactly (laughs) like female scientists like commissioned this study and it completely like changed the way that people thought about the female you know vulva and yes it was it was only like in the late 70s or early 80s or something oh my god then female scientists need a medal like (laughs) (laughs) i want to make an award just for them um, do you think there is a right age to start practicing pleasure? I mean, I don't even know how old I was when I first discovered, like, even anything down there. Like, I just, I think, do you know the first thing? I was at a horse riding lesson, mm. and it was just a random horse riding lesson, and it felt good. <laughs> my parents had no money, and I was yeah. like, all of a sudden, I was like, Mum and Dad, I really want to go horse riding. <laughs> Bless them. I made them pay for all these horse riding lessons. They had not a pot to piss in. And I'm just there trying to get this angle again. 
they'll be fuming. And I'm such a pussy as well. Like, as soon as the horse started going fast, I'm like, ah! <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so That's... I don't know what age that was. That must have been young. But yeah, I don't know if there is a, like, a right age. I mean, I think the most important thing is, like, not to shame kids if they're pleasuring themselves, like, earlier than you would normally anticipate. Like, I know that there are you know kids that start sort of like making noises at like four or five years old and you know it makes some parents really uncomfortable the idea that their children are you know enjoying their bodies in that way and I think that as long as you're having conversations and not necessarily encouraging but uh, making kids feel as if they can talk about those things openly um, and express themselves and and not feel ashamed of of whatever it is that they're feeling, then that's yeah. that's the important thing. But yeah, I mean, my kids have not come to me uh, so far and and asked me any questions. And they're seven and nine. Don't know if I'm really anticipating. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess they'll just come to me. And if they don't come to me before the ages of like you know four, thirteen or fourteen, then I'll I'll have the conversation with them. Yeah, I just think the more people in like our industry or whatever just speak about it and make it normal that's mm. the best thing because I remember at school a guy and I speak about it quite often this guy he was like oh will you send me a video of you like touching yourself and I was like no 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 like I had never even masturbated at this point mm. and I was like no 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 I won't send you a picture but it's like have you done it and I was like yeah of course I have like I'm grown mm. yeah of course I have and then that went around the whole school. And I remember I couldn't even tell my mum. She was like, why do you want to move school? Why don't you want to go into And I felt like I couldn't tell her. So I think as long as, like, parents and people not, like, the shame just needs to be gone, I think. Because mm. for years I carried that around, for absolute years. And it wasn't until I started stripping and I was around other women that spoke about, like, masturbation and mm. stuff. I was like, oh, my God, everyone does it. I'm normal. Mm. But, yeah, it was a horrendous time. So I think the shame just needs to be completely yeah. gone Erased. out of, like... Yeah, <laughs> it's so old-fashioned, I feel. Definitely. So you're so, like, sexually, like, confident and positive and speak out about it so openly. How did you get to this place of, like, positivity? I mean, I guess, like, in all areas of my life, like, I've always been, you know, quite vocal about the things that people have ordinarily been scared to talk about or just sort of like push boundaries in whatever way and you know you just kind of touched on it about you know the shame stuff and I, I feel like the world is not like a safe place for like women that want to express themselves freely and, and I really really felt that you know I'm mm. kind of interestingly enough like my my dad is an actor and I was always surrounded by like quite m powerful males when I was especially in the entertainment industry and um, it hadn't really occurred to me, you know, I was, I was kind of copying them in the early stages of my career with the, the way that I would conduct myself and behave myself and, and express myself. And it was like a bit of a shock to me that there was such a sort of pushback. And it probably took me a couple of years to figure out that it was because I was a woman that that was happening. And it's just part of my personality that when people push back on me in that way, I just like push back harder. Um, I yeah, I, I think it's, you know, I've sort of like figured out that, you know, you get pushed back when you talk about important things. And, you know, it's happened with me when I talked about the refugee crisis. It's like people come down on you hard because they don't really don't want things to change. And, you know, the, it goes the same for like female sexual liberation. It's just like, you know, if people feel like you can control them, then 
and they'll try and control you. So, yeah. Yeah. And I guess if it's uncomfortable for people, they just don't want to hear it or don't want to talk about it. And that's why you get like the massive pushback from people. Mm hmm. But did you, like, honestly not like, realise it was because you was a woman for so long? Did you just think, like, why, what, what's all this about? Like, it's weird. I think it's, for me, I noticed it straight away as soon as I come out of Love Island. Like, I conduct myself exactly how other males had in the show. Mm. Never questioned. Every interview I went to, are your parents embarrassed of you? Are you ashamed? Do you regret what you did? And I'm like... No, I was on a show for eight weeks and I sat with two people. Like, mm -hmm. people go to, like, MAGA and sit with, like, eight people in two days. I was like, <laughs> I've literally done nothing wrong. Yeah. But because I was a woman. But I think maybe because I was, like, in the strip industry before and I, like, saw how I was treated from that, mm -hmm. I always knew women got treated differently. I think it's slowly adjusting a little bit, but not massively. Mm. But that must have been hard for you. Yeah, I, mean, I think it was. I think I was just genuinely confused. I just sort of thought, like, you know, I've seen the the you know men in my life all behave in you know drinking and smoking and doing whatever it was that they wanted to do, and people being like encouraging it and calling it like lad culture and it being definitely like encouraged and championed. And then when I would do the same thing, it was considered something altogether altogether different. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think. It did confuse me. I de definitely, I definitely thought it was more to do with me myself, a problem with myself rather than it just being me being a woman. If that makes oh sense. Oh my god, that's so awful it that you felt took, that took way. Definitely took me a while to figure out that. Oh yeah, no, it's just that's women so aren't allowed sad. to behave <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, that's awful. But yeah, I I think because I've seen like other women in reality, I had someone to reference to, whereas you didn't. I guess mm. I think you was like very like original. Like no one had been as outspoken as you, and that like leads me on to my next question. In your song, not fair, you describe a man as being bad in bed, and I've never ever heard a woman sing about that in the charts. And I remember, <laughs> I think I knew you slept with like one person at that point and I was like screaming it. I was like yeah because that was a guy I told you about and I was like what is all this fuss about in porn like really not feeling anything I was like your number one fan for that song but did you ever hesitate before like you went ahead with them lyrics um no not really I mean the thing is is that at that stage in my career there wasn't really like trolling to the to the the extent that there is now not on Twitter because you was like huge on Twitter and yeah, like Twitter, MySpace and stuff. I mean, I was, but Twitter, Twitter only became like a big thing. I think in like two thousand and nine, and that song came out in two thousand and nine. So it was like, it wasn't. Maybe when I wrote the song, Twitter wasn't even really around at that point. Mm -hmm. So definitely wasn't hesitate, you know, hesitant when I wrote the song. I think that like self censorship for me definitely came later as like internet culture and trolling um, became more of an issue and not because I'm scared of it but just because like I just don't really want it like clogging up my feed all day it just makes me feel shit about myself yeah um and it's just really hard to avoid um but uh yeah at the time I don't think I felt I just felt like you know people will think this is funny and they need to hear it, yeah. <laughs> it's so relatable, though. Like, you must hear that from every woman that you meet. Like, if anyone clocks you on the street, they must be like, oh, my God, that song. People, lots epic. of people have, like, different favourites for different reasons, but, yeah. That is definitely one of my favourites. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on. And 
honestly, like, I'm such a fangirl. I was so nervous for today because I was like, I couldn't ever speak the way I do in interviews and be so, like, unfiltered if it wasn't for women like you who'd, like, gone and done that before me. So I really appreciate you being so honest and fearless. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And, you know, I'm a big fan of yours as well. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, please rate five stars and leave a review. And be sure to subscribe so you get next week's episode as soon as it lands. And remember, for the best experience, make sure you listen on the Entel app. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.